Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Uh, I've just finished reading um, Sean Boltz's last book, you know, about translating God. And um, he, he says things so simple, but one of the things he just over and over is trying to communicate is this simple truth. No matter what it is, what gifting of God there is, in his case, he's talking about whether it be prophecy, healing, um, discerning. I don't care what it is that God gifts us with. And he has gifted every person. You understand? We've all been given the measure of faith, not a measure, but the, the same measure of faith. And we're all, we all have the freedom to develop it. But the point is that God is always about trying. He's always wanting to reflect his love. Everything but everything, the end result of anything about our Father is love. He's trying to get it across to you that you are loved, that you're forgiven, that you're accepted in the beloved. I mean, anything and everything, every, every true expression of God, every true expression of God, speaks about his acceptance of us, regardless of our situation. That's what's so marvelous about his mercy. And one of the things I liked that he said was so simple. He said, you have to learn to walk. And I remember Dad Hagen all those years ago, he said to us over and over again, you must be God inside minded. You have to practice. And then Gordon Lindsay used to say, you have to learn to practice the presence of God. He said that in 1947, the year I was born. You have to practice the presence of God. But like what, the way Sean put it was simply this. He said, you have to begin to walk with this understanding that don't ever think, don't ever think that God isn't always speaking. He's speaking right now in this room. He speaks by things you look at. He speaks by things you hear. He's always speaking. He is always speaking. He is always speaking, whether it be through creation, whether it be through sound, whether it be through thunder. Like he's always speaking, and the key is just learning how to listen and just learning awareness. And you begin to train yourself to walk in an awareness. Julie used to minister years ago. She'd say, you know, she'd go someplace, and she would stop just for that moment and say, why am I here? I know I'm here for this, and the natural, you know, for naturally, I'm at the bank because I need to put in a check or something. But why else might I be here? Did you hear me? Did you hear me? So that's an awareness that we really need to walk into. And I think that's what um, also Bobby, what she just mentioned, took place this morning. And also what Karen shared. And I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it every Sunday because it's true. You know, it's on me so strong right now. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be hype. I'm not hyping anything, but we are a house of abundance. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we are a house of abundance. And those three quote unquote pillars of this vision that we shared a while back, you know, that Lucy helped us with and others. It's true. We've made the decision to do what? Anybody remember? We're going to live full, love deep. And dream big. Just say that with me again. We're going to live full, love deep, dream big. Amen. I want that in your spirit. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm teaching, so this is the third session I'm going to do on this thing. I'm calling Earthbound with a question mark about the words of our mouth and what have you. But because of time and everything else that took place this morning, I'm going to, gosh, I say this often, but I'm going to get better because of what I'm teaching my words. I'm going to read from James 3 again real quickly, starting to James 3, 2. I'm just going to go over the scriptures that we uh, started with two times before. Sorry, I'm trying to get some of my papers messed up. I'll do it in a minute. James 3, 2. For we often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things, he is a fully developed character and a perfect man. Again, the word perfect always speaks to mature. It doesn't mean without any fractures. It just means you're, it's, what, it's what defines maturity. If anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things, he's a fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. If we set bits in the horses' mouths to make them obey us, we can turn their whole bodies about. Likewise, look at the ships, though they are so great. They are driven by rough winds. They are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the impulse of the helmsman determines. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it can boast of great things. See how much wood or how great a forest, a tiny spark, can set ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a world of wickedness set among our members, contaminating, depraving the whole body, and it sets on fire the wheel of birth, the cycle of man's nature being self-ignited by hell. Now again, we taught on that a few times before we talked about the fact that God's this is God's word. Okay? This is this is God's word. We need to reverence it as God's word. Otherwise the Bible will do you no good whatsoever. If you just think it's a good book, it really does have to become God speaking to you. I said God speaking to you. And so he says here that this tongue of ours, he said it sets in motion a wheel. Again, when you look at the script, the words, you do a little word study, the Greek, it speaks consistent. It speaks of cyclical motion is what it says. It says that the tongue sets something in motion. The tongue sets something in motion. Now, I found this, uh, this quote, this statement when I was studying this stuff last week. I don't even have the name of the guy, but listen to this. In the most complex machines, in the most complex machines, there's always one part of them which commands the rest of the machine. And a small degree of power applied there will stop their most multiplex operations. It seems in the present case to be exactly so with mankind. When you restrain the tongue, you stop the passions at their commanding point. Listen, did you hear that? At their commanding point. When you restrain, restrain the tongue, you stop the passions at their commanding point. You do not merely drive them back into their repositories, but you destroy their motion and their force. They acquire strength from motion. And the way to keep them quiet is to restrain them at the issue of the mouth. This is done easily if you will apply care at the mouth and, su and suppress the first expression of them. Then this final little sentence, he says, prevent the movement of the passions and you will prevent their violence. 
I just thought that was interesting. Again, about just the tongue, about what, how powerful it is, how important it is. Now let's turn real quickly again, go back to John chapter 3. Again, these are just going over some of the verses we went, we started with. And John, don't turn to John 3.12, we'll turn to John 3.31. But in John 3.12, of course, is where Jesus is speaking to Jairus, and he tells Jairus, he said, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to you of earthly things, and you don't even understand earthly things. He said, how can you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Now, why I reach that, speak that out to you is because I want you to understand Jesus, this man, this son of God, our Savior, when he speaks, he speaks from another level. He speaks from a much higher dimension, whatever terminology you want to use. And what he's saying here is he said, the things that I speak, I'm not speaking on an earthly, earthly settlement. I'm, tr I'm speaking to you of heavenly truths. And, of course, I'm just trying to say again as I try to hurry into this aspect of it, God's entire plan is, is to lift us higher. Do you hear me? There's nothing about your life he doesn't want to lift higher. He wants to lift everything higher. But he does that by our cooperation. Again, as I always say, he's a gentleman. He'll never force himself on anybody. You have to learn how to get in alignment. But John 3.31, again, is when Jesus said, He who comes from above heaven is far above all others. He comes from the earth, belongs to the earth. And this is what got me, you know, while I was studying this about a month or so ago. Verse 31, where it says, His words are from an earth. Oh, sorry. It says, And he talks the language of earth. And remember I said that, you know, God just stopped me there real quick and he hit me. And, you know, that's, how it, that's what happens, isn't it, when you're studying and you're meditating something a certain phrase will jump out. It will become a rhema to you, you know, something that's alive. And he said, the language of the earth. He said, but he who comes from above is far above all others. He who comes from the earth. He who comes from the earth. See, we've all come from the earth originally, right? Right? I don't think any of you fell down supernaturally from a bubble. If some of you, the way you talk, I sometimes think you have. Some of the fairy tale land. But he who comes on the earth talks, he belongs to the earth, talks the language of earth. His words are from an earthly standpoint. But he who comes from heaven is far above all others, far superior to all others in prominence and in excellence. And this is where, and when I read that, I heard the Lord say to me, as long as you adopt the language of the earth where you originally come from, you will be bound to the earth. Do you want to be earthbound? And that just so struck me. And I said, no, Lord, I do not want, to say the least, I do not want to be bound to the earth. And like Galatians 4.9 says, Paul said, why do you subject yourself to the beggarly elements of the world if you've been born again? Why do you want to go back to the, the beggarly elements of this stuff out here? God wants us to live a higher life. Please understand that. Like Bobby said, and again, we're talking about this awareness, you know, again, and again, what Karen said, you know, the abundance of his table. See, this is something that's got to go way beyond the teaching. I mean, I sat in teachings, like I said, I was so blessed when I first got saved to be thrust into a place where I was, you know, literally from nothing to five hours a day, five days a week for one year. And then the next year, five days a week, five hours a day. I mean, I was just thrust into a situation. So I've had teaching, teaching till it came out of my ears. But that was part of God's grace in my life. I had no idea, of course, that he was preparing me 
to, to be a teacher of his word. I had no idea. I was still trying to figure out how to put my drawers on when I got up in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> really, I didn't have any revelation of anything. But the thing is, this word, we're, we're, we don't come to church so early. Like I said, we don't, we're, we're not here for knowledge alone. Because the Bible says mere knowledge puffs up. We don't want to just have knowledge. But you have to obtain knowledge so that it can be transformed into wisdom. You hear me? So we don't want to rebuke knowledge because once knowledge goes through what we might call a consecration, in other words, once God touches knowledge, it becomes wisdom. And I say again all the time, it's, I don't know, I am so, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, you know, in the last, since mid-January, I know I've said it almost every time, but I am just like a little boy at Christmas. Um, by his, you know, it wasn't something I planned, but God just, he just, have you ever, I don't know, had a piece of equipment that you're trying to, you know, it has all kinds of stuff on the front that should light up. It's not lighting up. Nothing's on. You know what I mean? But you know, it's there and you're trying to fix this and trying to, you can't, all I know is you suddenly get to the right thing and you get the white right, the right, the correct wires together, or you suddenly realize it was unplugged. Duh. But I mean, you know, you flip a switch and boom, everything comes to life and you go, ah. everything just comes to life. That's, that's what happened to me. For some reason, God just like threw something on me and I, I have literally I mean at least tripled. I've at least tripled my intake of the Scriptures. And like I said, I've at least tripled my awareness of God in prayer. And again, and we're just feeding our spirit, my wife and I, in the evenings more than ever before. And I'm telling you, it sounds so corny, but you know what I'm trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you this. It's good to read the Bible. <laughs> I'm telling you, and I'm going to get to it if I can hurry up. But again, let me just finish this bit. He who comes from heaven is far above all spirits. Verse 32, it is to what he has actually seen. Jesus is speaking about himself, really. It is to what he has actually seen and heard that he bears testimony, and yet no one accepts his testimony. No one receives his evidence of truth. Whoever receives his testimony, though, whoever will receive his testimony, his truth, you see, his teaching, what he's trying to communicate to us, it's up to you to receive it. See, he won't make, again, he won't force you. You've got to be open. You've got to open up your receptors and say, I, I, I choose to receive. I'm going to receive. I receive whatever heaven has for me. You just got to stay with that switch turned on, your receiver, your tuner. Whoever will receive his testimony has set his seal, his seal, my seal of approval to this. And the basic approval of everything that we're saying is this. We make the choice to believe God is true. Sounds so simple. God is true. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true. You have to let God be true. And by doing that, it says that man has definitely certified, acknowledged, declared once and for all, and is himself assured that it is divine truth. It is divine truth that God cannot lie. Have you made that decision? 
Now, seriously, I, you know, that's a question you need to ask yourself. Have I actually made the decision that God cannot lie? Now, some of you look like you're sleepy this morning, so I wish I had some chalk. If I had some chalk, I would throw it and hit you ten rows back <laughs> right in the middle of the forehead. I really would. That's what happened to me back in, I'm telling you, when we were back there, we had one teacher, Charles Sprague. He had, and then, have you ever seen this chalk that's as big as your thumb, that big chalk? This dude was accurate. He must have been a baseball pitcher or something. I'm telling you, thank God I did, well, I almost did because I worked on, I worked from 11 o'clock at night to 7 in the morning, and then I had to be at the class at 8.15 and run home, shower, and I'd get there at 8.15 to Rama. But this dude, Roy Sprague, he'd have these pieces, and I mean, he could whack, and he did it too, man. I know, I know today they figure, bop, man. And I mean, 10 rows back, hit you in the head with a piece of chalk. Actually, normally it was hit because the guys would be asleep. So I don't have any chalk, but next week I'm going to bring my BB gun. I'm going to bring my BB rifle because I'm a good shot. You can ask my wife. I'm a good shot. Yeah, well, you beat me at skeet that time, but that was just because God wanted to show me how he wanted to humble me. Let's move on here. Verse 34. But listen to this. What we want to forgive me. Lord, you know, hallelujah. Or since he whom God sent speaks the word of God. And I simply want to ask you, do we have the right and do we have the privilege? Are we able to speak the words God speaks? Are we? Are we? Really, you know, this is, this is class. Yes, we are. For since he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, proclaims God's message, Guess what God does when you speak God's word? Guess what God does? What does God do? It says, well, he does not give his spirit sparingly or by measure, but boundless is the gift God makes of his spirit. You've got to tie this together. If I had time to take you through layers, Thayer's lexicon, it, it showed literally how, the, how these things are all perfectly connected. As you speak the words God speaks, you have more and more of the power of His Spirit available. It's, it's just legitimately true. I wish, I wish we could catch it. Now let me try to hurry again. What we went through before again, we, I, I always read this statement, one thing that must be understood before anyone can successfully be a man or a woman of faith is this. No one has a choice of whether or not he lives by words because it's a word system. No one, you can't make a decision not to live by words because that's the kingdom. That's what God, the Spirit, has created heaven's earth, has released. It is a spiritual, it is a spiritual law, and I'll speak to that real quickly. We don't have a choice of whether or not we live by words, but we do have the choice of what words we live by. Now, spiritual laws, I used to do this when I, I used to teach on spiritual laws a long time ago, because the Bible has several things that it mentions as laws. Um, I don't know. I used to do this. I don't know if I can do it up here without messing up because there's not a table. But anyhow, I used to do something like this. Probably saying, I'm holding this incredible 1P coin. You see it? Everybody see it? Isn't it beautiful? Now, I'm going to let go of it. Okay, I'm going to move it down here so it doesn't keep on. If I let go of it, if I let go, this is deep. Are you ready for deep teaching? This is deep. Matt, you got to be awake. Now, this is heavy stuff now. How many of you believe if I let go of this, it'll fall? 
How many of you believe that? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you really sure? Let, let's try. Now, isn't that heavy? How many of you are blown away by that depth? How many of you believe? Wait a second. How many of you believe if I let it go the second time? Do you believe it will fall or just stay in midair? Are you sure? No, really, really. Are you actually sure? Mm, okay, let's try it. Wow. How many of you believe if I sit there and did this for 25 more times that most of you would leave the church? <laughs> I know how corny that is, but see, this is something you've got to really put your thought life to. What am I demonstrating? The law of what? Yeah. Law of gravity. How many of you can come up here and give a 30-minute dissertation on the law of gravity, how it functions? Thrust and release. Anybody here do it? Can you? You can? Thank you, David. Just sit down then. <laughs> no, but listen. That, that, hey, Dez said he can too. But listen to me. You see, it is funny, but it's not. How many of you, I mean, so you believe a law of physics, a natural law. It is a natural law of physics. That's how it's listed. It's a natural law of physics. You believe in it, right? How many of you came in here and tested the tensile strength of these chairs before you sat down on them? You didn't, I don't think you did. You just don't set your old blessed assurance down, didn't you? <laughs> you just sat on down, didn't test it, why? Because you have something called faith. Now listen to me. You actually have faith in something you don't understand. Right? You don't understand gravity. But we've all experienced it. Anybody here experienced gravity? When you step off a step, I mean, how many ever walk down a step and you think you're on the last step? And you step off and there's a hoo, hoo, and you do that and you go, hoo, I walk out of shakalaka. Instantly he starts praying in tongues a whole lot. Man, it's a trip. It's a shock to the nervous system because, but you know what? Gravity works. And this is the thing the Lord dealt with me all those years ago. He said, son, he said, I created the earth. I created all the laws of physics. I've created all the laws of thermodynamics, quantum physics. I'm the one that created that. They're all natural laws that are absolute. See, when I drop this coin in this environment, in this atmosphere, that coin will fall every single time. You hear me? Every single time. Because it's an absolute. You hear me? Now, here's my statement. That's a natural law of physics. Now, listen to me. The Bible is full of supernatural. Super means above, higher, bigger, beyond. The Bible is full of supernatural laws. If natural laws are absolute, 
how much more absolute are spiritual laws that God himself set in motion. I said God set this in motion. Heaven, everything heaven does, everything heaven has released, every ounce of the inheritance is waiting for you that Jesus Christ paid for by his blood. Everything coming to you is determined by the proportion of faith that you put in supernatural laws and the proportion of how often, how much, how you actually dedicate yourself to believing them. When you speak, you set things in motion. It is a supernatural law. It is the way God made things to work. I said it is the way God made things to work. Your mouth sets things in motion. You hear me? Did you really hear me? It's a supernatural God Almighty about broke my face. Supernatural law. Now, when it comes to faith and words and what have you, I've just got a couple of statements I wrote down. We ask God, like in prayer, this is where we miss things. See, we, we don't understand that the word sets things in motion. See, we have been somehow subliminally taught that nothing has happened if we don't see change instantaneously, right? If we're very honest, we live a lot. They say something like 97% of Christians live in a state of, of, of frustration, of some level of frustration, because they don't see what they want to see as quick as they want to see it. And to a degree, you see, that's understandable. But you have to understand what sets you free from that possible frustration is something called faith in God's laws. You hear me? Faith in this stuff, that this works, whether it's not what you see happening, it's what you begin to believe is happening because God cannot lie. I've made, I put my seal of approval on this book that God is true. I've made the declaration to decree in my spirit that God cannot lie. God spoke and said these words are what you will live by. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you want to live, you begin to live by words that came from heaven. Not earthbound words, not the language of the earth, but the language of heaven. Okay? We ask God for an oak tree, and you know what he does? He gives us an acorn. We want something big, but he gives us something small because he knows the big comes through our stewardship of the small. Did you catch that? The big comes from the stewardship of the small. So we need to catch this truth about words now. Your speaking, your faith may feel silly or even contrived. But as you keep exercising the spiritual law of belief and confession, with the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made unto. With the mouth confession is made unto. With the mouth confession 
homo legeo, speaking the same thing as, homo, the same, legeo, to speak, to speak, speaking the same thing. With the heart man believes, Romans 10, with the heart man believes, but with the mouth confession is made unto whatever it is that you want to see manifest in your life. That's, see, that's not faith teaching, that's God's word. Do you hear me? Really? So we need to catch this truth about words now. You're speaking your faith, may feel silly or even contrived, but if you but as you keep exercising the spiritual law of belief and confession, the process that leads to freedom or success is in motion. Hallelujah. So this little gray haired duck, I'm telling you, something is so shifted in me, I'm really, really watching my words. I really am. Hallelujah. Because I know what he wants to bring to me. And I know, but that's why, again, faith comes out. I wrote this down also. Faith can bring a breakthrough, but it's enduring faith where you have to wait on something that brings breakthrough with character. In other words, you have to learn through faith and patience. Through faith and patience, you receive the promise of God. Now, let me see if I can get out of this real quick. But let me, oh yeah, I wrote this down. Socrates, I, I, this is, I just thought this was interesting. Socrates, the great Greek philosopher, he said, quote, this is a quote, speak that I might see thee. Speak that I might see thee. In other words, I won't see a person until I hear him speak. You hear that? And even that in philosophy, see, in other words, he's saying we know people by what comes out of their mouth. And we know Jesus said what? Out of the abundance of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, yeah. Out of the abundance. What's in that heart in abundance, man? When you're under pressure is when we find out what's in our heart. Hallelujah. Okay, but there's one other scripture I wanted to go to real quick. I want to turn back to Deuteronomy 30. I just was reading this this morning in my uh, uh, devotions, and this struck me, and I thought I'd read it. Deuteronomy 30, very familiar, you'll see it. Um, Deuteronomy 30, I was just reading, you know, this is when he was, Moses, this is right at the end of his life, and the next two chapters is Deuteronomy finishes, and he dies at 120 years old, and he's reading the finality of the law to the people telling them about the blessings and the curses, what have you, okay? And, um, but verse 1, let me read real quickly. Deuteronomy 30, verse 1. Let's go ahead and just put it I'll read. And when all these things have come upon you, the blessings and the curses which I have set before you, and you shall call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord God has driven you, and when you shall return, the next verse, basically it says, and when you shall turn to the Lord your God and obey His voice, everybody say voice, According to all that I command you, you, your children, with all your mind and heart. Verse 3, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes. Okay? Now he says that all over, but I want to jump ahead. Verse 6. Cut that. Verse 6. And the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and with all your being that you may live. And the Lord your God will put all these curses upon your enemies and on those who hate you, who persecute you. But you shall return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments, which I command you this day. 
Verse 9, And the Lord God will make you abundantly prosperous in every work of your hand, and the fruit of your body, of your cattle, of your land for good. For the Lord will again delight in prospering you as he took delight in your fathers. I just got stuck in this morning for a moment. Like I said, we are a house of abundance. And I know I'm not teaching that right now. But like I tell you, there's no place in Scripture. There's no place in Scripture. I learned this under Ed Cole. He has made this statement. There's no place in Scripture where you can find a people who are not blessed materially and financially when they walk upright before God. When they were walking in God's righteousness, there's no place. It's just a given. You hear me? When God, there's no doubt. It's a given. You walk before me, you're going to be blessed. This is why, again, please, See, it sounds so trite because so many people have said it wrong and people have been speaking about money lustfully, basically, and a lot of stuff was taught about prosperity. That, well, you know what I mean. There was, listen, prosperity is a true message, but you know what I'm trying to say. So many people taught it so funky. But the fact of the matter is God wants us blessed because it is when it's all said and done, he said, I want the world to be jealous of you because I want them to see me. And what you have... And again, you know, Bill Johnson said this, and it really, it really hit me because I thought about, you know, you don't, you don't normally hear those guys teaching, as it were, about finances per se, but he's really been doing a lot more lately. It's been interesting. He said, this is why, he said simply this. He said, I, 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 should, I should put it all in context. He's talking about four things that, that really show your Christian, show that you walk before the Father well. And one of them, he said this, he said, you learn to purchase or to buy well because what you have reflects who you serve. Now, like he said, and I'll say, that doesn't mean every one of us need a Bentley. As nice it would be for all of us to drive up in our Bentleys. That's the Bentley church. You know what I mean? Emmanuel would dig that. I know Emmanuel dig that. The reason Emmanuel lost his driver's license. Emmanuel lost his driver's license some like 20 years ago because he was driving a Bentley at 150. Oh, you were driving over 150 miles an hour on the motorway, so he deserved to lose his license. So I don't think that's why he's going to have a Bentley for the next, at least for three months. He won't have a Bentley. But you know what we're saying. But increase, God is a God of increase. I, you you really do need to accept that. See, you got to quit saying, well, it don't look like that for you, and it don't look like that for me. You see, it's you don't, you don't translate God's Word necessarily through your experience ever or through someone else's experience. You translate, translate God's Word in light of God's Spirit, in light of what God says. But the point is, he did say in Scripture late for earlier on in Deuteronomy, he says, there shall be no poor among you. What do you do with that? The Bible says Scriptures cannot be violated. There shall be no poor among you. Because, all of, because his will, and see, his absolute will has absolutely never changed. As, as mad as other churches want to get, I'm sorry, you know, love you, but see you later. Wouldn't want to be you. See you, wouldn't want to be you. There's the door, you know, see it, the human, whatever, man. But the fact of the matter is, you have to have something in you. Well, let's put it this way. If there ain't, if, if anybody in here says, I want to be poor, that's a demon. It is. 
That's a lying, self-effacing devil. There ain't nobody in here that just wakes up every morning and say, let me find a new way to fail. Oh, God, show me creative ways to fail. Yes, Lord, I hear that. Yes, yes, yes. No, because, again, it, it is true, and I don't want to get off on that, but it, it's so true, isn't it? You know, I don't care who you are. Think about this. You're made in the image and the likeness of God. And even before you got saved, my friend, there's something in all of us. We want to win. I said we want to win. At the deepest part of every man and woman's heart, I want to win. So hell's job is to bring defeat as often as possible or to bring satisfaction for something less as, as often as possible so that over, through great Many, through many months and years of great deep training by Satan, we begin to accept and believe a lie. And like Second Thessalonians says, when you believe a lie, you're damned for it. You're damned in the area of financial prosperity because you've believed a lie. I used to, like I said, when I was doing the Bible school, I've, you've heard me share this before, it made me laugh, you know, about, I got into something about the will of God. And I said, how many of you know it's God's will for you to have peace? They said, yes, amen. I said, okay, say this with me. I want God's peace. I want to be, you know, I want to be peaceful. And they'd all go, I want to be peaceful. How many of you know it's God's will for you to walk in his wisdom? Yes, amen. This, then say it loud. I want to be wise. I want to be wise. How many know it's God's will for you to walk in divine health? Amen, amen. All of you say, I want to be, I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. And they would yell it. I want to be healthy. I said, how many of you know it's God's will for you to have financial blessing? Say this with me. I want to be rich. And they go, I want to, I want to be rich. <laughs> because there's something in there, man. Seriously. To be, you know, oh, no, I don't, my God, what if somebody hears me say I want to be rich? Think about it, really. If you're honest even right now, if, you, for, if I was to have you stand up and say, I want you to stand out there on that little balcony and yell at the top of your English lungs, I want to be rich. Most of you would go, no man, ain't no way, ain't no way, I don't care, ain't no way. I'm not even going to say it in this room. I ain't even going to say it in the loop. You know what I mean? So something has to be transformed in our thinking. You think being rich is evil. Now really, see, I, I know we shake our head no, but we make decisions to say yes. Spiritual laws again. I'm not even going to get into the law of giving because it isn't it's a supernatural law. But the point is this. Our tongue starts everything in motion. And even when it comes to that, we have to begin to release faith that, you know what? Thank you, Father. Julie said it. Psalm 1, I shall not lack. I shall not want because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for finances. You hear me? Hear me, Ellie? You're so cute. You're such a little sweetie. She's got this little tiny little girl smile. <laughs> I shall not want. I shall not lack. Hallelujah. I shall not lack. You know, Julie and I are going through a trial at the moment. Both of our cars are blown up. And, you know, we sit and stare at each other for a minute. And like I told her, I said yesterday, I think it was John came in. I said, yesterday I had, to, I had a real opportunity for depression, you know, because I'm trying to go, okay, what am I going to do? This one, they don't, they don't have any clue what to do with it. My car, they don't have any clue what to do with it right now. 
And so I got to take, I'm on a hire car. I got to take it back. It's too expensive. Don't get a cheaper one tomorrow. And, you know, I'm going through all this stuff, but I'm sitting here. But I just started to laugh because I said, you know, it was about three or four weeks ago, if not five weeks ago, where God just showed me, like I said, we are a house of abundance. I, I am a house of abundance. God's going to bless me. At even at this age right now, I got to tell you, I, I'm not done. I feel like I'm just starting. I honest to God feel that way. Honestly. So, you know, I don't know. I'm sorry about this if you're coming to this church, but I plan on being here a long time. It's just the way it is. I'm sorry because, you know, I'm just mean enough to be that way. Hallelujah. But, you know, I sit there and I started to get kind of depressed. And finally, I just said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, it's just, uh, duh, what's Mark 4, Mark 4 saying? You know, the sower situation, Satan comes immediately for the word. You know, I just had to reckon, wait a second, God just dropped so much strength into my spirit about the abundance and who we really are and what we really have in this spirit. This is a big church. I'm telling you, because there's some big spirits in the people in this fellowship. And see, I'm not trying to hype anything. It's what God revealed to me. And I'm not kidding you. I, didn't, I never used to be that bold, but this has been so real. God has released. There are hundreds of people on the way to this church. Not because of Rod, Julie, but there's something that's happened. There's, there's a teaching that comes from the Spirit of God that God actually wants. I know that you think maybe I'm patting myself in the back. I'm not. I had to get delivered from me. But I'm telling you, there's stuff coming. But I just had to laugh because really when I looked at it with the cars, I finally had to, you know, I practiced what I preach a little bit, guys. <laughs> and the praise thing kept coming to me again about praise is the gate. And I, he said, you just keep praising me and you're going to go right through this gate. And you're going to step right off into my abundance more than you've ever seen in your life. And so whatever, it ain't no big deal. And I got to thinking again, and like I said, the revelation so hit me three or four weeks ago. I said it again already this morning, but I just like saying it because, again, what I'm teaching, I know my, it, makes my mouth, it makes my mouth feel good. I live in God's house. Hallelujah. And every single one of us, I live in God's house. And my daddy is rich. And my dad's resources are so full and you know a car to him are you kidding me he flung the planets in the universes billions of miles i mean he flung planets out there they've just you know i was we were listening to this teaching the other day i forget who it was it's was either copeland or planus or johnson or something they've discovered with hubble telescope the hubble telescope now they've discovered a planet that is 100 percent diamond an entire planet. Now you see, all listen to me, all the universes God said we were to inhabit. There's a scripture about that. Do you understand there's more wealth, there's more stuff out there? Can you imagine having that rock on your finger? A planet, a planet-sized diamond. See, now Des, he'd wear that around his neck. I know you, Des. You go high-siding around the brothers, you know what I mean? Hey, check it out. Got a planet-sized diamond. I got the planet Jupiter, and I got rings around the diamond. Sorry, I know. My voice, forgive me. But I'm just saying, see, you've you got to, my God, you have, your mind has to be transformed by the renewing that only comes from God's Word. Um, Determined to get this one. Gosh almighty, I'm determined now. This is all Karen's fault and Bobby's fault and for all the things that I can't go as far as I want to do. So I want you under great condemnation. 
Verse 9 of Deuteronomy 30. The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in every work of your hand and the fruit of your body, of your cattle, of your land for good. For the Lord will again delight in prospering you as he took delight in your fathers. Verse 10. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and with all your being. Now, he said all this about prospering you, but it comes from what he's about to say. And I don't have time to put it all in context. For this commandment, guys, listen what he says here. This is Moses, a prophet. They say there's no prophet ever came before or after him that was like Moses. For this commandment, which I command you this day, is not too difficult for you guys. Nor is it far off. It's not a secret. Next verse. It's not a secret laid up in heaven that you should say who shall go up for us to heaven to bring it to us that we may hear and do it. Verse 13. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say who shall go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear and do it. Verse 14. But. Everybody say but. I wonder what passage of scripture in the New Testament this sounds like. But the word. What word? This commandment, this stuff that's put before you that's going to prosper you like this, it's not a secret. But the word is very near you. Guess where it is? In your mouth. Yours, not your neighbor's. This Old Testament, but see, that's where Paul spoke of from Romans 10. But the word is very near you, in your mouth, and in your mind, in your heart, so that you can do it. See, the way you will be able to do it, the way you will be able to do it is when it's in your heart and in your mouth. You can't separate the heart from the mouth. You can't separate the mouth from the heart. When I hear your mouth, I find out what's in your heart. Do you hear me? God will bless what comes out of your heart. This is why we guard our heart above all that we guard, because out of the heart, Proceed the issues of life because what's in the heart is going to come out your mouth, your tongue, your mama. <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching Jesse too much. Your, t- <laughs> your tongue. But the word is very near you in your mouth, in your mind, and in your heart, so that you can do it. Verse 15, then he says, See, this is going to, I've set before you this day life and good, death and evil. Guess what? When you look that up, guess what scripture's underneath it? Proverbs. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Listen, I don't know if you're catching this or not. It's, it's powerful, man. It's powerful. Okay, now turn this quickly. I've got to get to this other stuff because I was determined this week to leave. Go to Ephesians 5.26. Well, we'll start a little bit earlier than, five, than verse 26. I can get my Bible open to it quick enough. I got to tell you, thank God for the Bible, my guys, my friends. I, I'm, I just, I wish I could put in words how much this word, this Bible means to me. And again, I'm not trying to pat myself in the back. I'm just telling you, it's good to be in the book. And what I'm going to show you right here, I think, is really speaks to it. Now, he comes down here when he's talking about husbands and wives and what have you. I love verse 22. It says, wives, be subject to your husband. Amen. Mike, you like that, Mike? You're afraid, but you're, you're kind of afraid to say that. You're afraid. Femi, are you, agreeing, are you in agreement with that? Are you, are you able to say that loud in front of your wife? Yeah, he looks the other way. 
Matt, it's hard, isn't it, son? David, you've only been married a few years, but you found out already, right? I tell you, every, any, any man that's married and honest, we done find out who the boss is. Trust me, we all done find out, Mama, I love you, but you the boss. You the boss. Mama be the boss. But anyhow, listen. Wives be subject to your husband, blah, 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 verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Come on, listen, listen, listen. Be listening to me. I'm trying to get something. Say what? Husbands, I do love my wife. See, she wouldn't even look up at me. The wife look. Just get, let me get to the thing, seriously. Verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Verse 24, as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives also be subject to everything to their husbands. But husbands, but now watch this about husbands, what he says. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So Now listen, verse 26, so that he might sanctify her. Sanctify means to set apart as holy. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. He says that we cleanse and men, we have a responsibility to, to wash our wives with the word of God. In other words, to speak life over our spouses. Hallelujah. You know, we need to, you know, husbands need to do that wives, wives need to do that to their husbands. But the point is, he said that we wash them with the water of the word. Washing. Listen, washing with the word. Washing with the word. Now, in John 15, that's what it says in the third verse. It says, you know, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And he said, whom God loves, you know, and he, he prunes the branches so that they might what, do what? Produce more ripe and abundant fruit. But then he turns to his disciples in John, verse 3, and he says, now you are clean already through the word which I have spoken to you. God's word prunes you and cleans you. And I love it again. I don't, I think it was Bill Johnson that I listened to. He said something about this verse that really hit me. He said, you have to think about the tabernacle. He said, the first thing you come to in the tabernacle, the most important issue, he said, is the altar where you sacrifice the lamb. He said, because that's where blood is shed for the forgiveness of sins. You hear me? This is important. The first thing that you go to when you entered in, when you were wanting to press in to God, I hope you want to press into God like I do, like my wife does. I want to press into to, to the Father. I mean, I really, I want to get, I want to do everything I can to create that environment where my Father feels able to just bust on in my atmosphere anytime he wants. But you come to the altar first, and that's where you receive forgiveness of sin. But remember, the next thing that the priest does, he goes to the lever this big golden labor, and he washes his hands. Now, why does he wash his hands with water? What's, all, what's, that, what's that symbolism speak to? What that symbolism speaks to is the daily need of being cleansed from the daily impurities or filth that you come in contact with, not because of any choice of yours, but just because you're in the world. you got to hear that. You see... When we go outside today, how many of you have you've been in a line or in a queue somewhere and a couple of guys sitting there and they're just effing and blinding and, and, and it just, you know, it just grieving. You know what I'm trying to say. 
it's like you can't get away from it nowadays. You know what I mean? The language. Or like I said, somebody's telling filthy jokes. Or you can't help it. You go by and you see something, you know, you know, see basic nudity wherever you want. You just, you can't, you just, it's there. So you get, as it were, defiled. You don't even realize it. But you actually get a bit defiled. That's what happens. You get, there's an impurity, not yours. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't swear. You didn't enter in, you didn't, you know, actually enter into sin. But it's just because you're in the world and this stuff is around us. Well, this is what God speaks to. That's what that labor speaks to. When you go to the word every day, when you go to the word, particularly in the morning, it's like brushing your teeth in the morning. You go to the word and God's word just cleanses you from yesterday's impurities. It just gets all that stuff off of you. And I'm telling you, you feel like you can step out with a brand new suit. I mean, you, you're just, you feel like you feel together because God's word just cleanses you. You don't even realize that's what it's doing. You know, there's so many scriptures, you know, as you continue to behold in the word of God, as it were the face of Jesus Christ, you are consistently being transformed from one degree of glory to another, right? There's a transformation that takes place when you put your face in this mirror. You hear me? The daily cleansing. This is why reading, like I said, for whatever reason, God has flipped the switch. I never even finished that illustration earlier about, you know, when you want everything to come on, but then suddenly something flips. And I know I keep saying that, but it's just, I'm just, honestly, I, I just I hope. The last thing I want is for you guys to think I'm trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just trying to share with you that I am, uh, I'm right now, I'm incredibly grateful. I'm just, honestly, I, I'm just incredibly grateful, but I know when he does that for any of us, there's a reason behind it, so I'm incredibly excited, and I, like I said, I, I'm living right now with a gigantic expectation all over me, you know, I, it's like I can sense something's right there, it's right up the horizon, you know, and I just, I'm waiting, okay, there it is, I can almost smell it, you know, it's like being in the living room, and the kitchen is three rooms away, but how many know sometimes even if you're in the living room, you can smell something cooking? But you don't know what's cooking. But I can smell something cooking. Something's cooking. And you want to know what it is if you're hungry. Sorry, I'm going back to my Oklahoma dialect. I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm not from Oklahoma, but being a Ramah, you know, I'm from California. But when I was back at Ramah with all them Okies sitting under Brother Hagen, he learned to talk like that. You know what I mean? Bring me some of that barbecue. Bless God. Hot meat tastes so good, makes my tongue want to slap my forehead goodbye. <laughs> you say stuff like that. My wife don't like it when I start talking like this. Just goes over her head. She just asks God forgiveness. Says, "Would that man please put that t foolish talk away?" This isn't foolish talk. It's just, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Washing, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So I wanted you to hear that. To me, that's incredibly powerful. This is why I stay in the book. This is why you must. Listen, I can't make you. Nobody can make you. But if you know, but I'm, I'm praying that you'll at least have the want to. You hear me? Can you at least be honest before God and say, God, I'd like to have the want to? Uh, if I, I don't feel hungry, but I'd like to be hungry. All I'm trying to tell you is 
it will change everything about everything you do. I said it will change everything about everything you do. Your outlook for the day, are you kidding me? You spend two and a half, three hours in the Bible, you shut that book, your outlook for the day, you're going to tell me, I'm telling you right here, I am positive proof, man, it will change you. It will change you. It changes your outlook, changes your conversation, changes your faith, like I said about our cars. I just started laughing, and I said, God, you know, you, what I started saying, you thrust all these universes out there. I mean, a car to you is so trivial. A little piece of metal. Me, me. <laughs> you know, and so whatever, you just come to the place where you actually realize, you know what, it ain't no big deal. I'm going to live through this. It ain't like it's the end of the world. But see, you know, the devil tries to make you think those type things are the end of the world. My God, it's a car. It's a piece of metal. You know what I mean? If some, you know, this is why people who go through breakups relationally, as hard as they are and as hard as a broken heart, quote unquote, is, it is not the end of the world if you serve God. God wants, you know what I mean? He, everything about God is abundance. He wants you to have a relationship that is abundant. He doesn't want you to have something that just satisfies or ties you over. You kidding me? This is why young ladies, we tell them all the time, don't sell out for something that's cheap. You are incredibly, you are a diamond. You are. You need, you know, you need to make, you need to make sure some dude is worth you. You know, don't sell out cheap. And you men, if you're men of God, you know, and you're incredibly handsome like John is back there, you know, you just, you just, you know what I mean? You've got to just, you got to just, no, no, you, you know, like my son, Jamie, I always just tell the story. Jamie, Jamie was, you know, and when he was in high school, Jamie was 17, 18 years old in America. We would walk through a mall, and I mean women from 16 to 38, whatever, they checked Jamie out. And I mean, you know, seriously, because Jamie was just good looking, at least whatever, and then a way he cared, whatever, back in those days. And I used to always laugh at him. I said, Jamie, don't worry about it. I said, I understand. I said, I had that curse too when I was younger. <laughs> Yeah, Femi, he understands, right, Femi? You had that curse. Had to knock them. Just get the women away. Just push them away. Matt, same thing, right? Just got to push them away when you're young. Man, the women were everywhere. Just get them, get them back, 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 back. I know I'm big, and it looks like there's more than enough to go around, but no. 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 The spirit of buffoonery done got on me, man. Sorry, darling. My wife, you can see, if you could see my wife right now, she's sitting there going, this is not funny to my beloved. Anyhow. <laughs> but you are worth so much to God, you see. You mustn't sell out. But this word, now this is what really hit me. That word there for word, and, and that they might be cleansed by the washing of water with the word, not See it? It's all. It's too late. I've, I've got to say. I've got to say this. I've just got to say it quick. But then I'm going to come back next week. I've got to. I've got to come back to this. I I had not seen this before. I know it says Rama. The word there is Rama. But I was looking it up, and in Thayer's lexicon it says this. It's number four four eight seven in in the Greek lexicon. Quote. That which is or has been uttered by the living voice. And that phrase jumped out. 
the word. God called it, his word is his living voice. His living voice, that which is living, his word is alive. But see, many people just take it as a book word. No, no, no. It's a living word. It's a living voice. But this is the thing that struck me when I was studying meditating this week. You know what I've learned? If there's a life voice, there's a death voice. I said there's a death voice. <clears throat> there's, there's, there's death voices. Chris Ballatin, um, we watched one of something he did the other day, and he was talking about how he went through for three and a half solid years having something like, he said, for over 40 panic attacks a day where he thought he was literally going insane and how he got delivered. One day he sat down and I forget what his, how he said it, but he said God just spoke to him and said, he said, you think this is you. You think these voices that are telling you that you're going crazy, these voices that are making you so fearful. I mean, he said he, he, everything, he, everything he looked at made him afraid. He thought he was going to die every time he got in the car. He thought he was going to die every time he took a drink. And he, he, just, he said, I, I just constantly, I was besieged with this. And he said, God's finally, he, he got quiet enough that one day God spoke to him. He said, you think those voices are you, but this is the thing. I'm taking it out of context the way he said it. He said, the problem is, you won't fight that. Listen to this. Listen now. You won't fight that voice if you think that voice is you because you can't fight against yourself. He said, that's a spirit. And so he talked about spiritual warfare on a whole other different level, not like the intercession we talk about for nations. He's talking about the warfare that comes against the mind. And he talked about how God just showed him that there was a spirit of suicide and a spirit of insanity. And he said, just say this. And he spoke. He took the word. He said, I took the living voice. He didn't say the living voice. I'm saying, but he, I'll just say what he said. He said, I took the word. And I simply said, I rebuke you, you spirit of suicide and you spirit of insanity. And he said, boom. He said, I'd like to say, he said, I'd like to say that there were explosions and there was this great, great move and where I was so supernaturally gifted in how I said it with the words were so filled with power. But he said, I, I, he said I'm embarrassed to say it was, a, so, it was so simple. He said that it was simple. I said, I rebuke you, spirit of insanity, spirit of suicide. And he said, boom, instantaneously, my head was clear. Instantly, I was free. Instantly. He said, I mean, instantly, after 40 some panic attacks all day for three and a half years. He said he would sweat so much in bed from fear at night that he would have to wake up at least twice. His wife would have to change the sheets. He would sweat that much because of how much panic and fear was in him. But he, when he discovered it wasn't his voice, it was a death voice. And he said, I rebuke that voice. That's not who I am. See, this is where I, sadly, I've got to stop. And this, is, I don't, this is where I wanted to, this, everything else has been my introduction. 
We wash our wives with the living voice. God's word is a living voice. Hallelujah. When I get up every morning right now, that's real to me. I am in, I am throwing myself in front of, I'm letting come in, I'm letting come out of my mouth God's living voice. Hallelujah. Oh man, that's good stuff. I've got God's living voice washing. It's a living voice. It's not just a quoted word, a quoted scripture. No, it's God's living voice. It's God's living voice. But then see, I said, oh, sorry, I just got to get up. I mean, I know I got to shut up, but I'm at the same time. I, see, I know I'm moving slow, but I'm so excited in the spirit. I want to spit. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's right. Forgive me. Spit that way. Okay. My wife said spit that way. <laughs> But see, this is so powerfully important because, see, many of you are tormented. And if not, you know a lot of people that are tormented because when it's all said and done, see, it's all about voices. And this is, and I wrote this down. This is what I'll get to next time too. I put down, what do you answer to? So you're supposed to answer to David. But what, it, I mean, some of you answer to failure and you turn around. Yeah? Sickly one. Yeah. What? Who? Yeah, I'm here. Ugly. Really? A lot of people, they see themselves. I mean, they can. I, there are people that have been some of the most beautiful, attractive models in the world that absolutely killed themselves because they thought how ugly they were. When it, they just received a lie. But you see, you and I, Answer to voices. Sophie, and she'll turn around. You, you, you see, you, God, I want to keep going. <clears throat> there are living voices, and there are deadly voices. You have to, this is why you have, you have to keep washed with the word of God because that's the, that's, that's the only way you'll, then that's what makes you go, whoa, 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 whoa. That thought that just came, let's say even me in cars. Oh my God, you know, you don't have enough money to fix this and you don't have enough money to buy a car and your mind, you're going to have to get a loan. Can I get a loan for enough to get something that's worthwhile for us traveling? You know, and all this stuff. You just, you start to get in here. And you, you start hearing all these voices that challenge your belief in God's abundance. You hear me? And God's love for you. No one will, I'll never be fulfilled in my life. I'll never have a mate. I'll never have a good enough job. I guess I'll be in debt all my life. See, though, you have to be washed with the word enough to say it to where you rise up. Some, see, he rises up in you and you challenge. You go, wait a second. That, that's, that's, see, I think that's me, but that's not me. And suddenly you realize, whoa, 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 that's a spirit. See, I'm not a devil chaser. But, you know, all through the New Testament, everywhere Jesus went, he cast out spirits with his word. I mean, he cast out devils every day. And we think there are these occurrences where, you know, a devil coming out means, you know, right out. 
you know, like we see in the movies. No, devils, see, if you constantly think, I'm going like to, like that suicide, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. A person sits there. I've had to counsel with people who said they felt like committing suicide. And because those thoughts come, those thoughts come, I'm not worth anything. I'll never have, I'll never have a good life. And they begin to think that that counsel that's coming from them is from them. But the whole time, listen to me, the whole time, there's a demon standing right here who put those thoughts in her head, and he's just smiling. He's smiling. Come on. Come, give me some more. Come on. Come on. That's right. That's right. You're no good. That's right. You're going to fail. That's right. That's right. That's right. I got to stop. I'm telling you, God wants us to stay so cleansed in the Word that we recognize instantly that's not me. That's not me, man. I'm going to take the living voice. That's a dead voice. That's a deadly voice. That's a deadly voice. That's a poison voice. Call it what you want. I'm not taking it. I'm not going to listen to that. Does that? Johnson said this. He said, when you continue to read the Word of God, he said, he's this word. He said, staying in the Word recalibrates your spirit. I like that. It recalibrates your spirit into alignment with heaven what heaven's will is for you. Living voice. I'm just asking you, like I said, I'll take off from here next week. But this is vital that we understand these are supernatural laws. Every law that God has introduced is not a law to keep us from having fun. You hear me? The shall nots are not to keep us from having fun. The shall nots are to, are to guide us towards abundant life. Okay? I feel like I'm stopping right in the center of a sentence, but i got to stop. Father, I'm just asking you that you would begin to spark in each and every one of us the revelation of the difference between living voices and deadly voices. And they will, we will ask ourselves, what, what, what is it that we answer to? Do I answer to something that is not me? Oh, no, 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 no. We will not answer to an identity that you have not given us. I said we will not answer to a name. We're not going to let anybody else put a name on us that you haven't put on us. I mean, you love us. Uh, you actually adore us. We are a blessed people. And we're going somewhere to be a blessing. That's what your word says. And I choose to be in alignment with your word. So, Father, I'm just praying for every one of our people that in the mighty name of Jesus, they will truly, somehow, that, will, that switch will flip and they will get into the book and let the washing of the water of the word cleanse them from daily impurities and teach their mouth what to talk. Teach their mouths how to speak in line, that they will believe in this supernatural law of the Spirit, that when we speak, bless God, things are put into motion, and that they will take that and learn it for the good part. Hallelujah. I'm speaking life over my people, over my family, over my marriage. 
I'm speaking life over my family. I'm speaking life over my career. I'm speaking life over my gifts and talents. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, success is in front of me. Because you know why? God's not a man that he should lie. I set my seal of approval on his word that God is true. And I've made the choice that God cannot lie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I thank God, Father, it's right in front of me. I know I've asked for an oak tree, and I know right now you just gave me a, an acorn, but I'm going to plant that acorn, and I'm going to let it become. I'm going to be a faithful steward over that which is small so that I can enjoy that which will become big. Hallelujah. So I will not faint in my mind. We will not faint in our mind. We will begin to see from your vantage point. Oh, I just thank you for the living voice. Stand up with me. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your living voice. Just begin to say thank you for your living voice. Just say that a couple. Put, your, put that in your mouth. Put those words in your mouth. Thank you for your living voice. Thank you for your living voice. Really, say that. Thank you for your living voice. And just say this with me. I reject all death voices. I reject every deadly voice. I reject every poison voice. I'm going to live by the living voice of my Father who loves me and gave His Son for me. Therefore, I've got nothing but abundance in, my, in front of me. I've got nothing but abundance in front of me. The devil is a liar. Thank you, Father. You're no respecter of persons. Therefore, you will not do for another what you will not do for me. So I receive abundance. I receive more and more and more and more and more. So I can do more and more and more and more. So I can bless more and more and more and more people. And so I can show this world my God is alive. And my God is good. Amen? And give God some glory. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.